everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to our fourth episode of Aspire to Inspire. Today, I'm honored to be able to chat with Suraj Kulkarni, one of the most influential and inspiring people I know. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, Suraj. I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself and maybe tell us what your hobbies are. Um, just tell us about yourself. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Ria, for interviewing me. This is such an honor. Uh, my name is Suraj Kulkarni. I am a freshman at UCLA, incoming freshman. Um, a few of my hobbies include reading, managing my organization, watching movies, baking, cooking, those kind of things that the usual person does. So yeah, it's a little bit about me, but yeah. That's incredible. Um, and of course, we're here today to talk about your organization, and I know that people are very excited to hear about it. So I know that you started um, your organization only being you, and it's been really successful. I actually first heard about you and the organization through press. I was reading an article, which is very exciting. Um, and I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about what the organization is and maybe what your mission is and what you guys do. Sure. Thanks. That's a great question. Um, Only Being You is a nonprofit that is dedicated to empowering minority voices through um, allowing minority voices or minority students in general to have a platform to share their stories, experiences, and personal um, thoughts and feelings without any feeling of restriction or adherence to stereotypes. And they can just be whoever they want to be, which I think is just so important, especially in the current status quo today. Yeah. And I started Only Being You uh, in light of my own experiences as a minority student, uh, but also because of the experiences that many people that I knew who were also targeted for the same things. And in light of the, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement, I felt like there was a need to create a platform that allowed people to express themselves without restrictions so that they could actually feel at home. So I think the goal of Only Being You is to allow just that and to make anyone feel welcome, spread allyship, provide resources, do anything that makes someone feel comfortable in their own shoes and can be whoever they want to be. Yeah. So it's an, it's an online platform, right? It's like a website and then people write articles. Is that how it works? Yeah. So only being you is, it has a couple facets to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first facet is it has a blog, um, which is probably the one you're talking about. Uh, It has a website and it has different components. So it has a blog. Um, We interview public figures as well. And we also allow for different aspects for the blog to be shown, like movie music recommendations, um, personal stories, experiences, all of that. Uh, We also have um, different collaborations with other organizations through fundraisers and partnerships. We have partnered with more than 60 organizations worldwide. And we've also held several fundraisers to raise money for underprivileged communities across the globe. Um, We also hold awareness conferences, which are... Every which are monthly like events that allow people to congregate across the globe, of course, uh, virtually, and then talk about anything they want to talk about uh, and bring awareness to anything they want to bring awareness to. So we've held around six of those, and we will be holding another one this month on the 26th related to uh, mental health awareness. So those are a few different facets of Only Being You. Yeah, I think that's a really great cause, especially with everything that's sort of happened in the past year. It's been a really hard year for a lot of people. So um, when did you start working on Only Being You? When did the idea like first come to you? Did you ever have like an aha moment or was it something that you'd been thinking about for a while? Yeah, um, I started Only Being You, like actually planning for Only Being You. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to say in May. 
Okay. And this was after I attended my community's uh, Black Lives Matter protest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually a long story. So in ninth grade, in response to um, the racism and just the discrimination that was going in my hometown, combined with my own experiences, I started my school's geography club, which yeah. was dedicated to promoting cultural awareness across the entire school and our community, et cetera. And mm-hmm. as I kept on doing that, we held our own events, respective events, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I personally felt like there would be a way for me to expand the club into something that would be more meaningful for more people. And um, I think I got that aha moment after attending the protest, which is kind of odd. Um, And I don't know how it came into my mind, but I just acted upon it and I just created the organization. That's awesome. So um, this is, it's, it's a really big sort of issue that you're tackling, um, And I was wondering if you faced any roadblocks during the process. Were there some really hard moments? Were there moments where everything was going, like, just the way you wanted them to? Um, Yeah, that's a great question. I would definitely say it's been a mix, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Because while there have been, like, easier aspects in terms of things going smoothly, it's not always been like that. Uh, I remember getting into contact with a few organizations who actually refused to partner with us and actually collaborate with us on specific initiatives and fundraisers because they didn't really agree with our mission. Um, So that was, that was kind of difficult for our whole community. But I would definitely say that over time, as we've gained more traction and we've been able to partner with more organizations and expand our reach, the process has become much more smooth and effective. Yeah, so I was wondering how many active participants you had in your organization right now. Yeah, um, in terms of active participants, Only Being You has ambassadors from 60 plus countries across the globe. We have around 600 active members and ambassadors and partnership liaisons and club coordinators who have all created their own chapters uh, within their own respective hometown or community or even country. So we have that. And then we also have around 400 plus audience members who have routinely participated in our awareness conference. So I'd say around a thousand plus active members with 600 ambassadors in 60 countries. So 60 chapters, 600 ambassadors and a thousand participants. Wow. That's a lot. Um, how did you how did you get the word out to all those people? Because um, that's yeah. like 60 countries is wow. Yeah, thank you. Uh, getting the word out was hard. I'm not going to lie. Uh, a lot of it required um, just using social media as yeah. an avenue to connect with different people, which I think is just so like important, especially today, because mm-hmm. everyone is like sitting at home anyways, right? And so everyone yeah. is using social media. So I feel like the presence of COVID-19 definitely helped like make the organization more expanded for sure. Um, but I would also definitely say that it was definitely hard because each committee member that we started with, we initially started with five and then they expanded to their own friends. And then I expanded to my own friends. And then that created like a small network that expanded to their own, like people that they knew within their community. So it was definitely a really long process, but I think, you know, it worked out in the end. So hopefully it works out even more. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Who who helped you along the way with maybe like planning out sort of how the organization would work or recruiting people? Or did you like do it all by yourself? Because that's awesome too. Yeah. 
Um, initially, I did start by myself. Yeah. Uh, I started in May, so May, June. Yeah, most of that was myself. And then I got like five different people who I met at Speech and Debate Nationals to help because um, oh, yeah. they were like really big activists too and they really loved the mission of the organization that I was planning. So they were just on board. So we started with them and their help was just so amazing because they were able to help me in so many ways that I couldn't do myself. So I'm just really grateful for that. And I think that was just key in expanding the organization and helping plan out the organization and just creating something that could actually um, support itself for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you're speaking, I was curious, would you be able to just give us some insight onto like what some of your events look like? So if I wanted to like participate in, you know, the upcoming event on the 26th, um, what do you guys have planned for that? Or, um, what do you typically do at your events? Yeah, that's a great question, and I'm excited to answer that. Um, so we're going to host an awareness conference on uh, June 26th, and the awareness conference is, as I said, a platform for people to just bring awareness to anything that they want to bring awareness to. But the one on the 26th is going to be a little bit different uh, because it's going to be focused more on mental health issues and mental health awareness, and uh, it's especially unique just because we're holding it during Pride Month. And um, it's going to have a lot of, we're going to have different panels. So we're going to have one on eating disorders. We're going to have one on different types of mental health awareness topics. We're also going to have one on LGBTQ mental health, essentially. And uh, we're also going to be color coded according to the different like colors that things represent. So yeah. like eating disorder, purple, all of that. It would be really cool if you could come. Um, yeah. And then we also will have guest speakers, a panel, uh, for, and then also like 30 minutes for people to just talk about anything they want to talk about and just express themselves, which I just, which I think is just so important. Yeah. Know? So did you, um, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So that was pretty much the plan for the awareness conference, but yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask, did you plan all of that by yourself or do you have like a team of people that help, you know, gra- gather the panelists, um, that sort of thing? Yeah, so now we definitely have a team. Okay. Uh, we have a core committee of five people and we have an extended committee of 20 people. And so all of those 25 people have definitely helped with this. Um, I could not have done it without them for sure. Yeah. And yeah, because each person is just basically bringing around like five to 10 people from their own side. Gotcha. And I think mm-hmm. that's just so amazing because more people can participate, which is just so important. So yeah. I'm just so grateful for all of the people in my committee and extended committee and just in the organization in general. So that's just awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, are you planning on expand to continue expanding in the future? Um, what, what are you thinking for, what are your plans for only being you in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of plans for the future, I definitely want to create a club in my own school where mm-hmm. I'm going uh, for the next four years. Um, yeah. And then expanding that there and expanding with, um, accessing different other initiatives within the school that I'll be attending. And um, I just feel like expanding this initiative is just probably the best idea because I don't want to stop it because yeah, there's always more that you can do, you know? And I feel like with an organization like Only Being You, uh, the impact is not really quantifiable. It's more, it's more about like affecting someone um, and actually making a change in like the mindset and helping other people 
be being more comfortable with themselves, which I which is not really something you can measure. So there's always just more things that you can do. Yeah. And do you have to be like a certain age to participate in only being you or is it sort of open to anyone? Um, so for entering only being you as an ambassador, we do have some age limits. Uh, mm-hmm. It's between middle school and college undergrad. So okay. um, for participants and panelists, you don't have to be like within those limits. Um, but for people who are ambassadors and participants, we do encourage that people are within those limits just yeah. because um, we are targeting to help people in, in like schools. So yeah. okay. that's pretty much why it's up. Bit, but yeah. yeah, no, I was just wondering about like elementary schools and the little ones, but um, yeah. yeah, hopefully we can expand to them, but I feel like they're too little for now. They, they might be. So that was, uh, that was what I was wondering. Um, yeah. So what is your ultimate goal for the organization? Would that just be expanding and reaching as many people as you can, or um, might you have something else in mind? Yeah, so for expanding the organization, I would definitely say that the ultimate goal is helping as many people as we can in terms of creating a safe space for them to be who they are and just express themselves freely without any fear of stereotypes being imposed on them, which I think is just so important today. Um, it's And it's not just like even about helping like so many people. If you just help one person, that's better than doing nothing. And um, I just think that if you can just help as many people as you can, then that's just so valuable, especially today. Yeah, that's really cool. So I was wondering if you could also touch on a little bit of your work with the teen team, um, in addition to what you're doing with only being you and tell us about like, um, what sort of like what the organization does and maybe why you started it. Yeah, of course. I would be more than happy to. Um, the teen team is uh, a branch of our local Corvallis Sewing Brigade. So a brief history of the Corvallis Sewing Brigade is um, it was created in response to the COVID-19 pandemic in March of last year. Mm-hmm. And basically what it was, was it was an effort to garner as much support as we could through making masks and personal protective equipment and donating it to our healthcare workers and first, first responders and our local hospitals. And I personally, because I was involved in the Corvallis Sewing Brigade as well, mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of high schoolers participate. Yeah. And I felt as though there was always a way for, you know, if high schoolers could participate, because there's just 1,200 in each school. And I felt like if each person can make maybe like one or two masks or something like that, maybe a gown, something that could just help. Um, we could help so much and donate so much more personal protective equipment. Yeah. So I talked with the founder of the Corvallis Sewing Brigade and my school principal and the school board directors mm-hmm. and asked if there was a way through which we could create an extra credit option in all of their classes that if they made masks or personal protective equipment, they would gain extra credit points. Yeah. Um, and that's going to right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was passed. And so eventually, um, over time, the Corvallis Sewing Brigade and Teen Team donated over 50,000 masks and personal prote- protective equipment wow. to our local hospitals and different agencies and companies within Corvallis and all of that metropolitan area. And I just think, you know, I never thought it was going to work like that, but it makes yeah. sense now because 
who doesn't want extra credit, right? So right. It's, <laughs> it's a miracle that it got passed, but I'm just so glad that it did because more people participated than ever before. So I guess you always need to create incentives for people to participate in these things because otherwise they're probably not going to do it. It's hard to get people to participate, but um, that's one of the things that I was really impressed with is how you got so many people involved with only being you and also teen team, which is which can be hard because um, sometimes it's just not something that people are going to be like, oh, I totally want to sew a mask. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really creative. Um, yeah. And did you you did this this year because of the pandemic? I did, yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And is it a cl- it's a club in your school, or is it like an organiz? Is it a club and an organization outside, or is it just a club within your school? Um, it's more. It's not really a club. I would say it's uh-huh. more like um, a remote organization. I mean, it's not remote because in Corvallis, but um, it's across just our school district in general. So okay. um, both schools, all just middle schools, high schools, um, in our Corvallis school district, and anyone can do mask making or people. So did you get it? It's not just your high school. There's other schools in your district involved. Oh, I see. That's awesome. Um, what are your plans after high school? Um, are you planning on getting a job? I know that you're going to university in the fall. So if you want to tell us a little bit about your plans for the future, that would be very exciting. Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, so I will be attending UCLA in the fall. And I will be majoring in psychobiology. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to take a job yet. I might take an internship. That's still under the works for now. Um, but I hopefully will be able to find a job yeah. by the end of college. I don't want to be unemployed. But um, yeah, for now, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm just excited for the next four years yeah. and expanding only. Only be you. Um, uh, so I usually ask all my, um, guests this question before we kind of start wrapping up, but obviously you've had lots of success with only being you and it's not the only thing that you've done. Um, I know that you've also been really active in other community outreach programs. Um, but what advice would you have to others looking to make a positive change in their communities? And it can be something that's just really small maybe like a quote or, uh, maybe a personal story that you'd like to share, just really anything, the floor is yours. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of making a positive impact, there are a couple pieces of advice I have. Um, the first is definitely, um, I feel like in schools today, volunteer service is more of like a requirement that you have to do like 100 hours or you have to do 250 hours for yeah. like membership in National Honor Society or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which like, I totally get, I understand, I face the same thing, but, um, I think it's important for students to move away from that a little bit, obviously still do that, but and don't just do like a hundred hours or two fifty hours for something you don't care about. Find something you actually care about and you actually think you're genuinely passionate about and can actually make a difference because that in the end of the day is just way more impactful than trying to do something for NHS membership for example. Um, And another piece of advice for sure is um, don't do volunteering for the sake of volunteering, do it for the sake of helping others um, because that's ultimately the most important thing. I've seen a lot of people, including myself when I was younger, um, 
when we were trying to look for different things to help with, not really like digging into our passions and seeing what we actually like enjoy and can see what to help with. And I think if we do more self-introspection and like understand more about what we can offer to our community and Mr. Globe, I think that will just help everyone and just make this world a better place. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, Yeah, so just before we go, I wanted to congratulate you while I had you on being selected as the Prudential National Honoree for your state, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is just one of the things that I'm so impressed about, along with, you know, your participation in Senate Youth and your other national recognition. So congratulations. I know that you definitely put in a lot of hard work and you totally deserve the recognition. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rita. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Maybe like where we can find you on social media or um, how people can, you know, sign up for that conference you have coming up? Anything. Yeah. Um, So you can follow me on Instagram, underscore SourishLucarni1, if you want. (laughs) Um, And then, but I do encourage our audience members to go follow our Only Being You Instagram, which is underscore Only Being You, because that's a lot more important. Um, And you can sign up for the awareness conferences by just DMing our Only Being You account on Instagram. And we will send all of the details and the Zoom links and everything that is needed for correspondence with everyone else who's participating. And I just think that's just so exciting. So um, that would be a way to connect with our organization and me, of course. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. You are such an inspiration and role model to younger kids all over the world. And I can't wait to see what you do in the future. So I wish you the best of luck and hopefully we can stay in touch. Thank you, Ria. Thanks so much. This was such an honor.